talk in the town is you know it's a it's a platform that we have tried to create uh, to gather perspectives of various small city based actors uh, on the relationship between citizens and policies between people and places and how mm. this relationship can be made stronger how it is being made stronger and how citizens can inform policy making so uh, like leaving apart the definition of city like we are still talking more about people and places because anagundi is a village hampi is a town and for that reason we thought that the relationship that you have been able to establish between uh, the people of anagundi and the uh, the the village of anagundi that is something that we really wanted to talk about uh, we will have a, a free flowing conversation i will start with an introduction of uh, mr shama pawar and then we will uh, uh, use some questions to gather some of these perspectives on this relationship between anagundi and uh, mr shama pawar so uh she is an artist conservationist designer social impact leader and has a deep seated passion for cultural heritage uh, her work began in 1995 and it stemmed from her realization of india's really rich heritage and she's been instrumental in integrating community development with conser conservation efforts in anegundi which is at the hampi world heritage town and the effort has been to preserve this historic settlement Uh, she spearheaded the creation of a new eco craft which uses locally sourced banana fiber she has managed numerous zero impact festivals and events and her various conservation efforts in the place include adaptive reuse of historic buildings planning maintaining public spaces including uh, getting use uh, getting engaging community along with it and proposing plantations and reviving cultural uh, cultural revival projects she's also been a strong advocate of responsible tourism Uh, while addressing the challenges that are posed by the growing population and their aspirations in a way that can support conservation and community empowerment she has been the founder and managing director of kishan kishkinder trust since 1997 also a convener of intact anagundi hampi chapter since 2007 additionally she is the she is a social entrepreneur and a director of purama cultural residency in anagundi since 2012 her various initiatives reflect her commitment to build heritage resources for the future and foster economies based on culture craft and responsible tourism so if i was to put all of this in one line uh, i think uh, the effort is to have uh, a holistic model of rural development in the village of anagundi and in the local areas using heritage conservation empowering communities and sustainable crafts and with that introduction uh i i would start with my first question uh, ms pawar which is about if you could very briefly talk about yourself and your relationship with with hampi and uh, hampi and anigundi and the region uh i was born in pune uh trained as an artist i always loved villages and i traveled extensively in uh, in the western world at from a very early age but i also saw our india and i was growing up in a city called pune which is really a beautiful city and uh, once i was 15 i started seeing the changes uh, very rapidly you know i mean the things started changing and i started uh, basically veering towards more like my farm and things like this i, I really love nature um as an artist uh, my my father sent me to hampi uh, the first time and he was very dear to me i lost him after which uh, i basically moved here when i was expecting my son i came here and i'd been coming to hampi since 91 hit sent me and uh, i fell in love with it i mean that was a really a thing that happened and i think still is the biggest 
for me after so many years. And uh, then, you know, when I came here, I realized that what was the reason why I left Pune was because uh, it was a beautiful city and then everything was changing so fast that I lost my landmarks and I felt that, you know, I just wanted to go somewhere where the change is slow. And uh, and if I didn't do something, I would lose it. Uh, you know, I mean, I would be doing very uninformed way of doing whatever my impact here. And I started my trust with that part that let us take informed decisions about what happens in a place like this. And since then, uh, it has been, you know, like, so it's been my uh, endeavor to do things because I'm an artist. Everything comes through creativity for me. So we started Rangoli competitions and clean street competitions to keep the village clean because the children defecated in front of each house. And uh, that really worked. And I realized that how we hold on to culture and certain things and how we can actually pick the best of practices through our culture and make something happen. That becomes your inspiration, the past, you know. And in Hampi, I'm very inspired by the past and I want to go into the future because you see how uh, well the irrigation works, how pristine the landscape really is, how it has been like standing here like for billions of years uh, observing and without like, and here when we come, our footprint, it really concerns me. And as Hampi becomes more and more popular, when I came here in 91, the first time, it was really like when my father told me, I was like, where is this place? You know, because it really felt like in the middle of nowhere. And uh, till now also people find it very difficult to get to. And still, I mean, we have flights and things like that is much better than before. But still, it's a long way, right? You know, But still, it hasn't, not far enough, it seems. Uh, uh, I feel I've been caught up with. Yeah, that's my relationship with this place. It's a beautiful yeah. relationship, I think a relationship of love is always very beautiful. And I remember yeah. uh, we ran this writing contest and uh, one of our winners, when we asked her about her relationship with her city and she said that while I was writing a poem for our city of Patna, she fell in love with it even more. So yeah. I think uh, art has a way of manifesting itself through love. And, yeah. Uh, the same relationship that you have with uh, uh, with Anigundi and Hampi. Uh, with that, uh, maybe if you could... Talk a little bit about your work in the uh, area in Anigundi, which has been a lot about empowering communities and involving them. If you could talk about some of the initiatives, like we we, we know about multiple ones, including the one that you started on banana fibers and uh, also a, a very conscious thread of responsible tourism that you've been uh, talking about, given that uh, a lot of our uh, heritage places have become uh, hotspots for tourism. So if you could talk about yeah. yeah, so I mean, I came here as a traveler, needless to say. And, you know, there were people in those days that who also had come here and lived here. And it was not very difficult to be an anchor around here because there was nothing there, you know. Uh, there was no place for people to stay. So my home was always open to creative people who came and contributed to, you know, whatever I was creating, whether it was at that time, banana fiber, we were working with Ilkal, Kaudis. Then I was fixing up an old house at the same time, working with the local carpenter and the masons, realizing that the, the skills, the way they work with the stone here is like nowhere else, you know. And, uh, you know, so there was a lot of these revelations for me, uh, and so because of that, and I was very interested and curious, I I kind of got um, 
sort of engaging with the community, creating things. And banana fiber was such, but also our little old office and little things that we did, like education to performing arts. I thought it was a very important thing to kind of get that message out of keeping our village clean, letting the children play together and uh, uh, letting the girls go to school, uh, respecting women, not uh, defecating and not uh, spitting around and things like this through these uh, competitions. So there was this community engagement through cultural activities, which brought the children together regardless of their um, caste and creeds and things like this. So, I mean, at one point, I remember the children uh, who I was really not well, and they said, you know, Amma, uh, we really like to be part of your project because instead of fighting and screaming, we now dance and uh, sing together. I know it was a very, uh, actually, it must have helped me to recover from whatever you know, type of malaria I had at the time. So, you know, so, uh, or like, and then we when we started the women, it took very long time because women didn't walk on the main streets of the village when I started here. And uh, it was very, like, we have four main streets and we have a labyrinth, like, um, you know, historic settlement, it's a fortified village, etc. So it was very, like, nobody would come to me and it took me a long time for very slowly women trickling into my uh, you know uh, our room and then the untouchables they sat outside they jumped the fence and I realized that there are all these things to be worked on uh, so the children's education performing arts came through that that you know all the children should not have these barriers you know and that uh, when you sing and dance together you can actually learn so much and you learn team building and I feel, and we planted trees together, we had more uh, Rangoli competitions. So even simple thing like for the sanitation and clean, keeping the village clean, these clean street and Rangoli competitions uh, really brought a sense of pride amongst the, uh, uh, the community. So first one I did, uh, they were all colors and a lot of uh, colors and everything. And I said, but this is not what it's not traditional. So I just want the columns and your traditional things of your home uh, uh, village. And so we started these competitions. And then today, everybody is very proud about what Rangoli they put in front of them. They have their own history and thing to it. So it has become a thing of pride. I mean, it just naturally people start cleaning in the village. And, you know, now it is very difficult. The service management program that we had, we had like, you know, we taught our sweepers how to sweep. We, uh, when we, uh, we had competition, then we gave chunna to the village people instead of some gifts. Uh, uh, we, we had systems of uh, service management. And until three years ago, we had a volunteer who worked with us also. And, uh, you know, uh, he was a German volunteer and uh, he's no more, unfortunately, passed away during COVID times. But uh, he, he inspired somebody in a village um, uh, about uh, 18 kilometers from here. And he has set up a whole uh, solid waste management system for the panchayas in that area, 10 panchayas, a collective solid waste management unit. And Ferdinand was responsible for that, one of our volunteers. And he manages it beautifully, you know, in Hosali near Hampi. So there are examples that happen and now our uh, efforts are very, uh, very uh, too little because we are very small and the impact of the amount of pilgrims that are coming and the amount of waste that is happening, we don't know how we can now take care of these things. So, so I think, um, you know, I mean, so obviously there are a lot of challenges and we are, as volunteers uh, are doing great work. We have 
one another organization um, uh, is is of young uh, youth uh, ky um, uh, karnataka youth group and kopal uh, youth group. and then they are cleaning these things and our children are also joining these things so but it's not enough i mean um, you know i mean it goes on i mean of course incubating now we are working with water hyacinths we are working with uh, gongura which is a very uh, uh, i think a very fantastic fiber uh, and a, 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 a crop for nutrition for fiber and things like that so we i mean we are working still with our uh, adaptive reuse of houses we continue to like they the uh, you know local authorities close our things and you know they don't allow any businesses to happen but we have collaborated with the university to create these uh, cultural industries and creative economies and so that like you know uh, and the women who are the artisans now they have also become more uh, uh, you know sure of themselves there's a much uh, i think there's a kind of a while there are challenges there is a nice like you come to anigundi there is things happening there is energy and that's a very good thing i mean in uh, it happens in on many fronts yes i remember that energy we both uh, were witness we both witnessed that energy and when we went around the village along with you i still remember and i'm sure you think also remembers uh, the love with which a lot of those villagers still uh, were talking about the efforts that uh, were uh, that, that but you know the thing was... is now uh, to tell you the truth like i hardly go to anigundi what has happened how i can say that it has resulted in something that we have community members who are taking their role seriously they are running it and there are people who are from outside who want to come and be want to be part of it so they are also giving their bit so i think it's a wonderful ecosystem because there is something happening uh, so it also has its own pulse beyond me going there i mean i hardly go there actually now i just That's i'm some... working on something on my farm so it's a my own experiment so i'm working on something but uh, yeah so that's the best part i think so so that is something that would be really uh, something that I'm... so now when the idea of cleanliness and uh, swachh bharat from whichever pathways and channels it has become planted in the consciousness of a lot of people but mm. starting 15 years ago 25 years ago uh, what was was there a tipping point or was it incremental like how did you uh, break into the consciousness of people at that time to be able to make this into a people's owned movement like not necessarily a movement of a very large scale but getting this ownership into the communities like there are preconceived notions that this is something that government has to do but to be able to say that uh, you can do this like was there like one one small step which continued becoming bigger or was there like a, a big bang because of one particular event no i feel it's like uh, baby steps towards a bigger picture and i think it's work in progress in fact now we are again back to square one with the impact that we are having but when we did it it was really all these small steps of taking it together we were like always a team of people like the youth they used to hang out uh, you know and uh, get things done decide and there was a lot of receptiveness and people were not so engaged with their phones in the time so when there's something mm. happening somebody scaring a rangoli comes on there is a sense of pride and there was a sense of um, uh, you know uh, all people to doing things together i think that was really very nice and 
I can see those people who are involved, you know, uh, at the time in volunteering and part of our education, the performing arts or planting trees and nurturing and whatever. It really has made those citizens, younger people today, more interesting citizens who are doing different things. You can see, you know, uh, like the way they are dealing with their own life, there's much more focus and they've tried to do things more consciously. Uh, I mean, it is that. You can see that it makes an impact. I think to engage younger people in activities that actually, you know, hands-on activities in your village to celebrate the beauty and the culture and heritage. I think every destination should do that because it it allows you to rediscover your heritage and your... Um, and celebrate it. And I think uh, these things are very important. Like just a simple act of Rangoli is such a proud uh, thing of pride here. You know, uh, so I think, uh, and then people, like we have a beautiful dance company, which is called Chandrakala Bhumi. You know, the first generation all got married when, but there's a second generation happening. So somehow it keeps on ticking. It doesn't, um, it doesn't uh, uh, kind of uh, stop at a workshop. It's not a scheme that is over when, you know, it's not like that. I think the continuation comes because it is with communities. It It is engaging the, us. Within the community at that time versus now, like were there, you know, a specific category of people, like women, young children, within that also any category, like which were more engaged or which were champions from the word go? And youth youth was now. the first. And now, yeah, it's the same now also. Uh, youth and women. Uh, okay. Women took time, but youth was a little bit simpler, you know, uh, to begin with. When we started, it was with the youth. And then the women trickled in much later. Like, they were a bit slow because they didn't walk on the main street. They didn't know where they, if they should come and, you know, do anything. And banana fiber was uh, discovered in 99. And uh, it kind of, you know, picked up. It took some time. But then, you know, now it's a big thing. I mean, big for us. Uh, I don't believe in huge scale. Like I want to set up an institute and I want to make it really small and beautiful because I think we have to realize that when you do a training center in such places, even if it means like how to serve a meal or how to cook something, you know, whatever it is, uh, the thing that you need for responsible tourism, we have to create our, like a, all the experience through a particular scale, which belongs to the place. Uh, we should not try to make it to urban. We should drop a lot of urban things in places like this to have its own something yes. authentic about it. And the scale is very important because what happens is we build buildings and then there is no pulse in it or somehow it is too posh for people to relate to it. So I think, and you know, slowly, slowly, but surely we can uh, uh, really nurture that sensibility amongst the community. And I think that can is you, a role. So can you use, uh, because like we, we've heard about and we've read about the banana fiber, the experiment that you just started, but for the audience, if you could maybe lay out that what the uh, what the initiative was and how it involved communities over time, maybe just to give a, a view of okay. what the thing okay. was. So yeah. banana fiber thing was really like, a um, you know, in 1999, a friend of mine wanted something and then we made a little strip and then he wanted it to be twisted into rope. So we made that, me, my, me and my Varlaka, who is my right hand in the village till today. And uh, and then when we saw that bundle of thing that we had created, I said, hey, you can do something with this. And then we sat on that for a long time and 
we started creating this rope with a group of like six other curious people who had no else no other business it was not a paid job or anything six of us just i think for eight months literally just sat together and cre- figured it out how to make this rope then my son started going to school and uh, primary school and i said i want to make the first tiffin basket for him so we made that and i was lucky because i was volunteering for ever satyu and uh, we put that basket in that one exhibition just out of whatever and minister textile and uh, some designers discovered us there and uh, you know it was a thing uh, it grew and then working with women and they used to roll it on their thighs before now we do it on the uh, rubber sheets now i am working on like a machine which will make it much better than any manual machines uh, but you know it uh, with a small group of artisans we started uh, creating this without anything and then finally in 2002 we got a small grant from minister of Te- uh, textiles but it really was about um, just engaging in it like i actually spent like it was not because i had a scheme or a thing you know i just did it because i wanted to i had people around me who were curious and there was no opportunity other than working in the rice fields which is very seasonal job so i said okay let me try that so i spent my uh, time and my whatever money i had on this i was not thinking about a scheme and all those things but then we were discovered so it happened uh, after 3 years uh, some support came but it really became something that pe- women were really uh, excited about and uh, it was also uh, really something that we could actually sit together and do this together and there was a sense of safety like they said you know when we leave why we come because we forget all our problems at home that's why we come here that was the reason why they came and i think that should always be the reason for doing something you know I, and you know and then uh, it became very popular today we have almost 2000 women who are not just our artisans but other artisans in south india who are doing the same thing is we have been copied and i take is a great compliment and i'm now working on other fibers what hyacinth you said you you started what hyacinth i would like like somebody else also can create it i just think there should be fully biodegradable nappies with water hyacinth so that people can stop having that kind of you know i mean these are the things that are think very important so when you create something if it is uh, ecologically sound aesthetically beautiful uh, useful what more do you want you know like and it also gives you a good experience of working on something um, interesting uh, you know <laughs> yeah so i think building on the uh, some of the given that hampi anugundi is a destination town and gets a lot of and you mentioning that there are sometimes almost in a week there are lakhs of people that descend upon the town how has the theme of responsible tourism uh, been uh, seen in the community because like i a lot of us come from these uh, tourist towns also and this is a at least in the local Uh, community this is always a challenge where you're trying to talk about slow tourism and responsible tourism and then people who own businesses they want to talk about getting larger numbers so they can make more money so what are some of the uh, you know wins or some of the challenges that you see for a, for any town which is a tourist town to uh, have a realistic version of responsible tourism and what has your been ex- what has your experience been in 
uh, getting this okay, through I, for uh, under normal circumstances um if there is a rural place and there is tourism happening or a heritage uh, place where there is tourism happening i feel that uh, attention to scale and expansions of villages is very important um we also have to make sure that the planning authorities avoid this ribbon effect and we loss of visual corridors as we travel from a to b from an anchor i feel that in every service whether it is maintaining a garden public garden trees uh, garbage uh building something new or fixing old there has to be a way of doing it there has to be some bylaws to keep the scale and the authenticity of the place we have to see heritage as a resource and not a problem we have to uh grow it like very often there will be something maybe it's a craft maybe it's a tree we have to nurture that away maybe it's a recipe uh you know so nurturing of the, that heritage resource is very important not to forget that because we are very uh, uh, highly impressionable community uh, uh, citizens i think in india uh, we are looking at everything which doesn't belong to us as better uh, so here we have created models and uh, of physical proofs of concepts whether it is uh, architecture whether it is uh, a public space whether it is a garden whatever it is and the craft and the food festivals and whatever we have done but unfortunately the hampi in the world heritage area and its management is being uh, there isn't an anchor in that authority which actually has been exposed to something and or they like long enough there um, to do something which really is uh, small and beautiful in a place like this uh, we are facing a lot of problems i mean we had rural tourism project which is a great success you know in aligudhi but then today we don't get any permissions for any of those houses so nobody can run a homestay nobody can run a shop while big buildings are coming in hanuman halli local community is deprived of any opportunity uh, under the garb of that you cannot have any commercial exploitation i mean that is not exploitation i think constitutional right to make a living is being denied uh so i am very very concerned about hampi because what will happen is people will sell their lands and buildings will i don't know i mean i don't know what is going to happen actually and the uh, you know people will leave um uh, i don't know i mean it's a, all kind of like even when there is a growth of um, i mean without bylaws and guidelines a destination should not happen actually it should not grow because we lose the very essence of it and how we can create like i i shared something with you with the way how any infrastructure then it has jobs that it creates and based on those things you have to create skilling of the community so that they know how to take care even how to wait a table or serve a feast um look you know create natural decorations so what we do is when we do our santhes and all we create those ex experiences like we had uh, with nift some years ago you know they kept kept on coming uh, earlier but then i had didn't have them for many years and then when they came i said let's just put up a pop up exhibition of what you did with the artisans i think it creates a great um, exchange and momentum uh, and you need to create such examples where they uh, the community benefits from uh, you know the event but it is zero impact so our santhes for example the fairs we used to have 
which have stopped for a while now. But it really was feeding all the local food. Uh, people created nice natural things. They sold them. Then there was whatever craft was happening. Somebody was dancing. There was a bonfire. There was one folk dancer. Whatever, you know, there was a place where you could register with the guides, you know, like people, different uh, different kinds of tours, whether it is, you know, one is a historic guide, but you could have a bird guide, you could have a village guide, you know, you could have just a waterways guide. So that sort of a thing, you know, so which is, again, uh, and really this plastic thing is becoming a very big problem. And uh, I really wish there would be like beautiful water spouts all over India where we can conserve the water and give it you know for drinking <laughs> you know i think these things are uh, very important that you take care of uh, the the god is in the detail and i think to keep authentic and small and not because the whole experience changes uh, for a destination is very important i feel to keep that scale in every way i think for a lot of the historic heritage towns across india Maintaining that authenticity and not becoming homogenized is a big challenge where you keep getting the same kind of experiences, people wanting to have same kind of experience for some reason, like no matter if they're in Hampi or they're in Varanasi, uh, having same kind of shopping experiences, having same kind of culinary experiences. I think it's, it's a challenge which uh, I think a lot of cities are facing. In fact, not very far from where uh, you are. During the road trip, only we were in a city uh, uh, I, I don't recall the name, but uh, at that time we met some, somebody there and he mentioned that in last 15 years of him staying in that city, all the hotels, all the uh, hotels in the central part of the city have been sold by the people who have been living there for multiple years and now are completely owned by the biggest city which is next to it. So I can, when you were referring to the fact that this is something that might happen, that people might not stay if there are not the kind of uh, opportunities that are there for them, if they are not allowed to open homestays. So I think that's a challenge that a lot of these cities have been facing. But in light of that, uh, are there any, uh, you know, any signs of hope? You were talking about uh, the, the, the destination plan and about the green mobility uh, plan. If you could maybe also talk about some of these opportunities which are not realized as of now but which do offer no, no, no. I mean, is, you just have to keep working on it so whether it is opportunity or not that is to be seen uh, but I think what I do is uh, when there's a problem up there I work on many other things on the side so hopefully it will but uh, yeah so what we are doing is for the mobility I am making a little noise about it we are trying to uh, raise uh, funds for it so we can plant trees and nurture them and manage them properly. We are uh, fine-tuning a mobility plan for the pilgrims uh, where, uh, you know, the whole mobility plan will have um, under tree cover. It is our dream plan for Kishkinda because uh, Kishkinda was a forest in mythology. Uh, while Ayodhya was a city, this was where Hanuman was born. And uh, there is a lot of um, beautiful descriptions of the Madhubanas and Jambuvanas and all that. So I said, why not look at our heritage, how it was like, you know, in Ramayana. And uh, uh, so they also say that there's a lot of medicinal plants here because of, and trees because at Sanjeevani Hill, when he carried it, you know, it uh, uh, fell here and all that. 
So uh, we have been working with uh, the conceptual plan with KSRDPRU. I mean, I have worked on the basic concept of um, uh, by foot mobility of a smaller Kishkinda currently right now, which is Anjanadri, uh, Rishimukh and Shabri, uh, Shabri's Pampasarovar. How we can walk in that area under pathways which are tree covered and then under tree cover you have whatever facilities and if it falls in uh, some private lands what benefits can they get and what guidelines they can have and how do you create certain uh, like growing of uh, heritage resources how we can actually have mobility under those three things and whether farmers can have a collective together towards growing of uh, like a, let's say a resource from which we can benefit from value addition and things like that because I work with this uh, RDPR university right now uh, so there is horticulture agriculture and uh, uh, value addition um, uh, concept through these plantations so they're not just uh, uh, decorative plants or something but it is actually planting that many jamuns and that many sita falls or whatever it is so we try to see and also there is enough areas in our plan for monkeys so for that to become uh, uh, a tourism attraction where you can if you keep them fed because there is one monkey forest in Bali and I only found out that the only way they keep them is by overfeeding them. So it becomes a great way of keeping the monkeys in their forest so that the horticulturists can actually like this can also happen uh, effectively because right now Hanuman's birthplace is full of Hanuman's and uh, I know what it takes to keep my trees and uh, things uh, you know unharmed. So I think these are the kind of like, so this kind of planning really should happen. And uh, so I'm hoping, I mean, I'm optimistic. I wake up very optimistically normally. Uh, and there are young people who are also very interested, like 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 local communities. So one of our students from uh, who is now in this Gadag University of RDPR, who was part of our education through performing arts, is now studying GIS and working on this plan with me as an intern. And for me, that gives me hope. That I mean, he insisted and drove me crazy until I got him a guide. He said, I only want to work under you. I want to do this. And I got somebody. I was very lucky to have very gracious uh, uh, people who have come and visited here. So from Gubi uh, uh, Lab, you know, Sudhira, he came mm -hmm. forward and he said he's going to, you know, help us. And he's mentoring us. So and he's got somebody else. So I think there is hope. I mean, I cannot say. And then we have all these... Uh, uh, you know, uh, volunteers from Gangavati who are like collecting all the garbage, you know, from uh, Anigundi and everything. So it's a lot of um, a positive, uh, what can I say, uh, things are happening. I mean, I just hope, I think the younger generation sees it here and I hope that they will, you know, work, uh, work on this thing as a community to say, you know, that we don't want this to become a garbage dump. We don't want this. We don't want to lose this. This is not Kishkinda. So I'm hoping that that will happen through those. Uh, so engaging with local community at different levels and appreciating them uh, and nurturing uh, what they do, because whatever we do is very normally very green and only with local resources. So engaging more and more communities as much as possible and setting up of that small cultural industry center where we can train people in zero impact uh, tourism, responsible tourism, because uh, it's really food, experience, aesthetics, peace are the things that I think people are looking for when they come to a place like this.
I think also goes on to show that if there is an intent, then of course there would be a way that could be found, including yeah, that's just the boy. Uh, yeah, I, I just towards uh, I wanted to ask, like you already referred to some of these interfaces, but what are some other potential or actual interfaces with uh, various government programs and policies and ways in which you can influence them or you've been influencing? Like you, you know, we had this craft tourism with... village program came through from Ministry of Textiles because they actually based it on what happened in Nanigundi, our one of our regional directors, he was very interested because we had rural tourism project and we had the banana fiber cluster. And uh, mm -hmm. it became a success and everybody knows Anigundi because of his banana fiber. They said, why, so he said, why don't we do this banana fiber cluster and uh, make this craft tourism village? We actually wrote the DPR as intact and uh, we brought in the funds, but you know, they could not really be interested in uh, fussing over 200 artisans homes. Uh, so mm -hmm. the money went back, but I uh, got recently, I got a call again and uh, there is a possibility of it re reopening because they realized that it was wrong. And I said, if we are going to do, so I said, you know, I would like to now at this point, I would like to make sure that we don't want PWD to make it or anybody else because they don't have the sensibility. Engage our low, local masons. So I said, I will come back to you. you because they know how to build it. They know and they should have the opportunity. If it is a rural tourism, it should not be PWD building it. It should be local traditional masons craft of everything should be you know it should be part of your uh, strengthening the uh, cultural industries or create and the craft of whatever it wherever it belongs so i have taken a little time and i said i will you know come back to you so i think these are uh, interesting things and uh, uh, you know i mean i'm hoping that with department of horticulture forest we will be able to do more uh, with what we want to do um, you know uh, it, uh, as an interface, we have been like I'm on district tourism committee. Uh, I have uh, been given like uh, the, uh, many many inputs to the Karnataka Hyderabad the uh, uh, advisory committee and all that. But uh, it's not uh, things are not happening for many many years. So uh, every convergence, I mean, I sit with uh, sheets and try to figure out schemes and how we can do something. But, you know, working with KSRD PRU University, I think that's a very interesting thing because, you know, they are rural development panchayat Raj students and they might be able to like, that is the reason why I'm trying to work with them to see whether they can follow this. Hmm. So everybody's interested in tourism here, but how do we do it? That rural tourism was a beautiful project. Now we are losing most of the architecture. All of it, we have very little left in Anigundi also, but still there is a charm, you know, there is a charm. So I cannot deny it. But, uh, and it should not go uh, all wrong. But, uh, yeah, so, so I think uh, these are all the efforts. Recently, we had a UNESCO visit. They liked what we are doing. Mm -hmm. And they said, this is re really exactly what about it. I said, you know, it's not about we, we need like, a, you know, a, a pat on the back from UNESCO. But if you want us to take uh, a workshop for the local community, they should also get benefit with it. So if I follow guidelines, then maybe I can set up a homestay, give us permission. You know, based on this, you can do something so that it becomes, uh, you know, useful. Because otherwise, uh, if I want to build a temple, I'll get money. But if I want to fix an old house, it's a loan that I can't really, unless I can do something with it, at least for five years to get some returns to pay for that loan. 
and the bylaws, the guidelines, back to scale. I think scale is very important again. And we are trying to um, continue our... Um, so, yeah, so I mean, Havama ke saath, I don't know. Those. The Humpy Welfare... No. What, what is it? Humpy Welfare Authority. So... Okay. But does the does the influx of tourists in Hampi have a material impact on Anegundi? In, or because of jurisdiction, is there a difference between uh, Anegundi no, and Hampi? No, no. Anegundi is equally... Uh, our equally, district, equally because of Hanuman's birthplace, it has become a pilgrimage now. So what okay. we have is pilgrimage. Okay. So it's not, it's not similar in terms of the reason for visit, but the numbers are still yeah. there. So... Yeah, People numbers are, are there. Money. I don't know how no. economic, I mean, like, you know, there is, it benefits a lot of these coconut sellers and plastic toy sellers and plastic whatever sellers. So, I mean, mm. the dream would be that we create our local ecologically sound souvenirs. It's an opportunity, you know, and if we could manage to get something like a Spurti program or government program that where we can actually create a whole uh, souvenir uh, building like natural souvenir building uh, growing uh, cottage industry it would be fantastic because we have a uh, you know we have a society under us which is uh, called Haridharti Rural Development Society made of all the artisans uh, it is so that Kishkinda can tr teach train because I get ideas so teach train and then they can run their businesses so it and then they can benefit so from the schemes that's how I'm this trying. Is the interface. This is the potential interface. Yeah. That, yeah, because what you talked about earlier, right? In terms yeah. of creating opportunities for the local population to be meaningfully yeah. and uh, gainfully employed within the yeah. location. Yeah. So yeah, and also artisans are one category. Yeah. So is one category. Youth, so tourist guides, and like, are there other opportunities that are available through government schemes and programs? but which do not materialize in the city, uh, which could provide these opportunities to the locals. So, Yeah, because, uh, I mean, we are constantly working on it. Somehow, uh, craft seems to be a decent uh, thing here. I think food should become that very good mm -hmm. thing because I feel any destination needs food. And we have a very fertile land here and it's all irrigated land. So I think uh, one of the things I want to do is through these forests is creation of food like you know it is about growing of heritage resources whether it is a mango tree of madhuban which is famous like at the age of four that tree starts giving you mangoes so you could actually have fantastic things here uh, that become so i think one has to have that vision of what is it that tourists needs it they need good food they need clean good accommodation and polite lovely uh service and the landscape is there for you to, you don't have to do very much in Humphrey to be, you know, enthralled by the beauty. So, you know, storytelling and all these things can happen. So therefore, I'm trying to set up my center as I'm working on it. Right now, we are training 30 people there in um, uh, water hyacinth craft uh, through Minnesota Textiles program. Uh, we have a whole corn thing that is started uh, with creating something with corn fiber. I'm working on the gongura fiber. All these things are happening at the center. But uh, right now, they're more craft-oriented, and there's one entrepreneur's training program happening there. Uh, but it has to be strengthened so that people know. And other than making an entrepreneur with consciousness is what is my interest. Yes, you can make money, you can create business, but let's see what impact are you having on the 
soil here because I think in a place like Hampi or any destination, I think it's very important. So those are the things that I said, you know, don't just run after money, but try to take care while you're doing it. That's what we are trying to instill amongst the people we have around us. But just in your experience, have people from Hampi, like the youth from Hampi, have they been leaving? Uh, is there a, like in terms of not yet. No, 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 education? It's very, difficult. it's very difficult for people to leave this place. Uh, but they might sell their lands. Okay. Great. I think we might just be able to uh, stick to the timeline as you had hoped. And uh, <laughs> maybe towards the last part of this conversation, of course, there's a lot of things that I want to ask and talk about. But uh, in the interest of time, uh, I wanted to ask if you have uh, one message that you want to give to people like uh, people who are trying to initiate or who are already working on something similar that you're doing, using culture and heritage as a mainstay for people of the community to create an authentic experience for the city, to create that unique relationship with the city. Uh, if you want to give one message or... Uh, one message is very different. Opening. But I think it's good to um, s celebrate what you have there with the community. Mm -hmm. In the, the yeah, and then you will have something uh, special happening. This is what I feel. And then play whatever with community first. That will give it its own life. So it's not dependent on you. Yes. I think that's yes. my message. Yes. It should be engaging. Uh, and not, not like NGO. It should be fun. It should be... You, not you should hold feel, on to it as own. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think, uh, yeah. No, that's that's, that's a very pertinent uh, message, and uh, I'm sure there are uh, the our audience would find it most engaging. And I hope that those who listen to it will find a chance to go and visit you. We hope that we get a chance again to come to please come, please come. Uh, all of you and uh, you also because I think it is a there is there is a living thing happening. So it's a nice thing to experience to see how it can actually lead. I was hoping that uh, Hampi will adapt, uh, adopt this and we have 30 villages and it'll happen then. Maybe it will because it has all the problems uh, and all the positive things together like India. So it's a small model where you have two districts and 30 villages, a lot of historic uh, things. So it's interesting. So, yeah. No, we wish you all the best and Thank congratulate you. you again for... This incredible journey, this living journey of uh, change. And as you said that, you just keep at it. And, yeah. Uh, thank you for your time. Thank you so and much. And we'll be in, <laughs> once we when finalize, we, we, will, we will publish it and we'll share snippets and the whole video with you soon. Thank you. And uh, That'll be great. Let's stay in touch so we can maybe make a difference yes. also, maybe exchange ideas, do something together on the ground and not only virtually. That'd be great. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so Thank much, Miss Power. Thank Pleasure you. Pleasure talking to you. Yeah.